Hey everyone, welcome to TancoCast number 27. Uh, this week we had Jean-Charles Bottimololo come by the studio from France, um, and it was really amazing. Chris, uh, after he got back from NSC, was really excited about this film and said, you gotta check this out, um, and he's coming out here. Would it be possible to sit down with him? And he came in and it was really amazing. Yeah, this is my first experience at Annecy, and it definitely was one of those films that stood out to me. Um, it was I'd never seen anything like it before. It covered some um, interesting subject matter, but done in such a neat and interesting and unique way. And we were just lucky enough that he happened to be in town, and I was like, Robert, let's get a hold of this guy and see if we can get him in. You also talked about that at his screening, after it was all done, uh, people just started getting up. Yeah, it was, <laughs> it's weird. It's like when you start to watch you know, these films and these dark rooms, it starts to get a little bit cold sometimes and like numb. And then this film was like, it's such, it's so colorful. And then afterwards it was like a wake up call. I, I thought it was that all the people who worked on that film got up and then they just started dancing. And I was like, is everybody on this film a dancer? It got everybody just really excited about the film. Just like, it kind of stuck with me the whole trip. Yeah, Jean-Charles is obviously an amazing, incredible film director and animator, but also an pretty incredible, if you, YouTube him, he's a pretty incredible dancer as well. So this was our little talk with John Charles. Enjoy. I, this is my first trip to Annecy. Okay. Uh, I've never been before and I've always wanted to go and see a lot of films and I went to go see uh, The Magnificent Cake. Yeah. And I was, I was, it was like great, like the film was amazing. Um, I felt like I have never seen like a film like that where it had like, I, I laughed and like I cried, or just like, just it has like these two polar opposite emotions. I, I haven't felt them, like I haven't seen a film like that. And then right afterwards, I felt like I got the same kind of feeling with your film in a different way, where you covered such serious subject matter in like a fun and colorful way. And it was just like such a treat to see like these two films that are doing like such different kinds of work, but in inspiring and new, fresh way. And I think like I. After that day of like seeing the film, I was like, "Oh my god!" Like I'm just so excited to go back and oh, cool. uh, make short films, you know. And I just felt like uh, you guys definitely had your own voice and tried the new approach of telling stories. And yeah, I just got really excited. And thank you for making that film. And I'm just oh, glad. I, I it was just like a treat. Like I didn't know that was happening. And then afterwards, like I, I think it was even more of a surprise. Or like I think I saw you, Robert, where they had this. Um, your friends, I guess, the dancers. Are, yeah. I, I, at first, I thought it was like part of the crowd, or maybe the filmmakers came up, and I was like, "Man, like, is everybody a dancer that, <laughs> that worked on this film?" It just got like um, I felt like there was more surprises coming down in one the theater, and it was just such a cool experience. Yeah. No, cool. Um, but yeah, that was like the most memorable part. Oh man, yeah, thank you for sharing this anyway. Yeah, 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 yeah. It was a cool experience. Yeah, if if you because uh, a lot of people right now it's traveling the festival. Your film's traveling the festival circuit, yeah. so a lot of people it'll be a little bit hard to see the whole film in its entirety unless it's. But how would you? We've been asked this before. It's a difficult question to answer sometimes. But how would you sum up the film for someone who hasn't seen it? Wow. Yeah, that's difficult. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, that's difficult. <laughs> Actually, uh, we've been uh, trying like doing this exercise before while uh, writing this synopsis mm -hmm. um, but I'd say 
that it's kind of a, can I say like use this word homage mm-hmm. yeah okay so it would be an homage of soul music mm-hmm. where how so now it's not uh, <laughs> simple enough but mm-hmm. I'd say how I I really connect with soul music how soul would be full of like the, the previous days that we kind of doesn't really connect to today and how those voices just resonate through how what we live in a way so um, yeah it's kind of an homage to this mm. I don't know if it really <laughs> sum up the film but uh, that's what, how I can put it one thing is that you know Chris pointed me to he had mentioned that you were an incredible dancer and we looked up on YouTube and we saw oh, this phenomenal film <laughs> dancing um, yeah. we should tell you right before you came in all of us were watching okay. a film of you dancing so I think a lot of people were shy <laughs> and our friend uh, Giselle was really bummed that she couldn't be there yeah she just dances salsa but she's in the city running an errand but uh, I, I imagine that what I'm curious about is music obviously has a very important place in your creative life yeah. as does animation but how did these two things come to be for you like how did you find yourself into animation what does music and dance have to do with you know what you do in film um, I'm just curious about where like growing up how did the, those two things yeah. come to be um, because I feel like the film is a great beautiful blend of mm-hmm. those two things well, yeah. thank you were you always like a dancer or like into music as like a kid and yeah it's funny uh, because people keep asking me this question, but not really in this like uh, way. But I'd say that I've been doing both like uh, since my youth. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe starting, I'd say that I started drawing and dancing at the same time, mm-hmm. just because it was something really that flows, you know. Because when you're a kid, you just have like pencil around and mm-hmm. you just want to color stuff. But at the same time, you just you know, those days, uh, I was born in ni- uh, 1984, so it was all the, like, Michael Jackson area. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so you just, like, uh, bump in this types of stuff on TV and you just mm-hmm. want to, you know, try to redo it mm-hmm. or just have fun around it. Mm-hmm. So I think it was more of a, uh, like, kid experience, just doing what you feel like doing mm-hmm. without having this pressure on your shoulder like how would people react to what you're doing because th- today it's called art for me as a grown up I guess but when I was young I was mm-hmm. just having fun so mm-hmm. drawing and dancing at the same time so uh, I didn't really pay attention th- to the path that I was following kind of mm-hmm. so um, I just drew like stuff that I was looking at uh, other drawings, Disney stuff. I, I wasn't really. I never. I think I never watched one Disney movie when I was young. I just like <laughs> go back to it after when I was at school. But then I had like a um, comics book or um, whatever I just could find, and I started to draw my friends like doing um, portraits, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, it was the same with dancing. I just. You know the lambada, <laughs> this type of stuff. Where, oh, there is the, those two kids dancing on the TV, so I'm gonna do the same. Mm-hmm. And uh, uh, the funny thing is that um, as I grew up, I just 
understood much what I was doing, like better, I had a better understanding and I had at the same time a better understanding of like people around me, surrounding mm -hmm. me, like the way they would look at me and the weight that the look can just uh, count. Uh, I mean like uh, I just get scared and really shy and really, you know, into this uh, I want to do stuff so people can just Uh, say or feel that I'm like nice or good or whatever <laughs> so um, it was troubling in a way but I just kept those two and tried to just I wouldn't say master it but I tried just to push it uh, because to be honest when I just realized that I, I wanted to dance that I was maybe good at this I just wanted to master one move I think it was a breakdance move at that time mm -hmm. called the windmill mm -hmm. because I felt like <laughs> felt like it's it was so beautiful, so like um, full of energy, and mm -hmm. at the same time that with this uh, partying you could like catch all the girls around. <laughs> uh, but then when I succeed doing this, mm -hmm. I felt like oh okay, I just want to learn more and more and more, and then uh -huh. the, this is how it goes for. I'd say yeah, twenty twenty years now. Mm -hmm. I guess it's similar to like drawing in a way. Yeah. Like you draw in a sketchbook, you're creating like a like a database of memory of mm -hmm. information, you know, and it's kind of probably the similar with yeah dancing. Mm -hmm. I guess if you mm -hmm. have the ability to do it. <laughs> yeah. Was any of your friends at the time doing the windmill with you, or like trying to like learn how to dance at the same time, or is um, it? No, it's funny. I was kind of a outcast. I think because okay. I was doing soccer at that time. Okay. I played for 10 or 12 years, something. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And um, I was more of a, like, the the artistic type. <laughs> like, always in the clouds and stuff. Mm -hmm. So, um, people used to make fun of this part of me. Mm -hmm. Fun of me, I'd say. <laughs> But, um, yeah, in drawing, it was the same thing. So, I just, you know, drew and... Uh, Start learning stuff, yeah. and I would I would go to my friends like, oh, we have to start breakdancing, so cool, and then mm -hmm. you know you can like spin <laughs> on your head and stuff, and they were like, yeah, but what's the point? You know, why would you would you yeah. do that? Yeah. So I just yeah, I was uh, I'd say fairly alone in these days, mm -hmm. but then I just connected with others, and sure. I started to to have new types of friends. That, Love dance and that love art, mm -hmm. like in general. Yeah. So uh, the same with drawing; it just grew at the very same pace, I think. Yeah. And uh, yeah, to complete the, the, the question, it just uh, kind of nourish mm -hmm. uh, one another. So uh, when I understood stuffs with drawing, I could just not translate would be too easy to say, but um, I kind of could. Uh, I don't know. As if you can do something with your right hand and you can uh, like teach your left hand to do it through mm -hmm. your right hand. Mm -hmm. So uh, it was kind of the same with drawing. If I learned something uh, in drawing or you know a new technique or a new tool or whatever, I would use this concept to put it into dance, I think. And now mm -hmm. today it's the same back and forth if I understand something like open new doors new mm -hmm. ways in my dancing I could 
like use this new doors with the storytelling or mm -hmm. drawing, I think. Yeah. I, I totally get, I remember like in school we had this one, uh, one of my friends, he graduated from music school and like he's uh, majoring in percussion. Uh, and so he was like one of the best animators in the class and I okay. asked him like, how, what are you doing that I don't, I don't understand? And it's just like, it's just, I think he's telling me it came from like music. He understood rhythm and timing and knew how yeah. to like pace out the drawings to like uh, bring the life into like the character and stuff. I could imagine it's very, very similar from yeah, dance think, and, and animating. Yeah. It's so interesting to hear like growing up, you felt a bit, you know, introverted, it sounded like, and kind of quiet kid. And, yeah. Um, one thing, when I watched the film before meeting you, uh, before seeing the dance video and everything, the, the thing that really kind of stepped forward to me was like, of course it's fresh, like I feel like I haven't seen something quite like this before, but it felt, it's, which animation I feel like doesn't often do, it felt, it was like cool. Like I felt <laughs> like, shit, this is cool. Like this is really something I haven't seen before. There's a quality about it because there's a, there's this true depth of character I feel that's there oh, cool. that feels really timeless, mm -hmm. but it feels like this moment where you just, you were able to kind of capture like what's, not what's cool now, but just something fresh, like a new point of view that I haven't quite felt before or seen before, especially in animation. And I gotta say, it's interesting to hear that, you know, growing up, you were a bit of an, you know, kind of an outcast maybe. And, uh, but now even talking to you now, I'm like, man, you, you're a cool guy, like, you know, like, it's like, it's this interesting thing that I feel like really, really shows up in the film, like, I feel like, you know, meeting you, talking to you, and seeing the film, because the film itself, I want, I want to talk about this, the look of the film, mm -hmm. um, I, I'm curious where that look came from, but beyond that, just, we're all animators, how did you execute, like, I also am curious about that look, because it's just so, it's like, you know, Tonko, our studio, very much, uh, loves when you can see the the handmade quality of things and that film just oozes it with in an elegant way though I feel like in a cool way I feel like we're kind of like the kids books mm -hmm. we're doing kids books and you did something that was like, <laughs> Whoa, it's like way cooler yeah. than where our heads are uh -huh. and I'm curious like where that look comes from and and how you executed that look cool uh, yeah uh, thank you for saying all this really, <laughs> I mean, excuse me, but, um, yeah, so that looks like the, the whole graphic design comes from Simon Roussin, which is um, a comic artist in France, mm. he's pretty well, like, established, I'd say, um, so the producer, as I told you before, he just, like, tried to gather this team, and I was there, like, the last one. So Simon was here before me, and he started to create the characters and the graphic kind of, and uh, of course I'd seen his work before, but um, I felt like there were stuff that he didn't want to really push in this project, but then we talked a lot about it, and um, the way I see things, I saw things at that time, was okay, I myself can draw, like have uh, present my own graphic design. Um, so I didn't want it, like, uh, uh, how can I say, pull the, the, the graphic towards me too much. But 
in fact, I felt like some things could just meet uh, from him to me in the middle that we, we could have a walk mm-hmm. uh, towards one another. So um, we just, you know, talked about it a lot. And uh, I tried to uh, make it make him keep the whole... Um, how do you call it? Markers mm-hmm. uh, type of coloring. Uh, because that's something that he used to do, but he he starts to just like withdraw from this. Mm-hmm. And I felt like, yes, but this is really close from soul music, mm-hmm. like really uh, warm and, uh, you know, uh, there is life into it anyway. It's not mm-hmm. just uh, like flat and. Mm-hmm. Uh, really square it's just I wouldn't say all over the place but you have the idea so uh, yeah we just talked a lot and for the characters we kind of drew them with four hands he would like uh, draw a model pack one Mm -hmm. one first draft and then I would not correct but just make propositions Mm -hmm. and he would just uh, go over it and layers by layers we end up with the characters you saw I see. so it's really it was it was pretty like uh, how can I say even for me um, enlightening mm-hmm. can I say yeah uh, because uh, I don't think I would have been able to go that far with the graphic and with the color if it wasn't for him mm-hmm. so I really tried to respect his work uh, but in the same uh, way, I tried to respect the story. So we had to go for a vision, not mm-hmm. only a graphic design. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, with the experience I had with the previous film I worked on as just background designer or animator, I just tried to, like, yeah, take the best of mm-hmm. what he had to give and maybe give some of mine. So we would just mm-hmm. meet at some point and create a new like yeah graphic design mm-hmm. but he painted all the backgrounds and I tried to like leave him the more room I could without being like mm-hmm. no I want this this way mm-hmm. so um, it was really exciting to work with him uh, I think we really paid attention to what the other wanted to have at the final mm-hmm. result mm-hmm. So it was all traditional Everything is traditional. Uh, wow. Like I mean, so all the markers too, like the, the markers, the keyboard are, stuff. That yeah. is like all markers, like yeah. a traditional markers. Yeah, like a traditional marker. Wow. So One artist, uh, or do you have multiple artists? No, I have. Because we we actually really thought this through because I, as you said, I I really I'm really close from like paper and what's um, like uh, how do you call it. I, I've been looking for this word for two days now, but I can't find it. <laughs> like when you, anyway, when you when you do something with your hands, just uh, handcrafted, mm-hmm. you have some like life that uh, no one could reach. I think. Yeah. Uh, you know all those stuffs, uh, soft. Sorry, not stuff soft. Tries to recreate like the pencil lines sure. and everything, which is cool in a way because you can. You might, I'm not sure that you always save time with those. Mm-hmm. You might save time. Yeah. But with paper, you just have to go through another like, st- uh, state of mind. And this, 
I think it's the very way to save time mm -hmm. if you have a low budget. But then, uh, even with the writing, like for, for example, we had like this floating cameras around. Yeah. So I was like, okay, am I like really able to afford this in the film? So we talked, and I was like, okay, if it's all end drawn and end colored, it's gonna work because all like the mistakes of the movements are gonna be taken care of through the flows of the mistakes and the coloring. Mm -hmm. So it's gonna be like mistakes plus mistakes equal <laughs> something yeah. that works in mm -hmm. a way. I don't know. Yeah, but, um, yeah. yeah, it's the happy accident. Yeah, it's yeah exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I didn't know yeah. that. Yeah, it's like like I feel like in the computer <laughs> you're, you're a lot of accidents. A lot of happy accidents. I'm here. But I, it's I think it's true in the computer in the digital kind of medium. You almost have to make up those mistakes. They're like manufactured mistakes. Yeah. Whereas you know, in, in paper and pencil and like those come for free. Sometimes yeah. it's frustrating, but yeah. but but there's also something beautiful. And I think that's what's so, you know, in your film, there's these incredible camera movements where uh, it's like both surreal, but you're in a real space. Like, it's a very believable space that is constantly kind of emotionally giving you context for the film. Like, the camera itself is kind of a character, I feel like, in the film cool. that's really... Uh, telling you so much about psychologically what a character is going through and uh, did you how much of that did you plan it, it must have been an incredible amount of planning like storyboarding yeah. and and did you do all that yourself or yeah. wow that's awesome I mean, <laughs> cool <thing. laughs> yeah. I mean, it's pretty impressive that's that's when I was staring at the <laughs> I mean, there's, it's, what I love about it is there's always the technical aspect that is impressive, uh -huh. but I think what's most impressive to me is the accuracy to, like, the, the kind of how judicious you are about using it. It's not like it's constantly the camera swimming. It's like at these really chosen moments, it kind of moves in a way that you're like, oh, I get it. Like, without saying much, like, mm -hmm. you really get what a character's going through, and I just think that it's so, as an audience member, you don't you know, you're not breaking it apart, you're just kind of with it. But when you stop and think about it afterwards as an animator, you're like, whoa, like, how did you... <laughs> oh, man, it's so, it's so really nice cool. to say. <laughs> it's really, really cool, yeah. I mean, yeah, I mean, um, it was complicated because, um, actually, yeah, that's, that's a teamwork anyway, but, you know, when you... Uh, we were four, like at the beginning, the producer, the, 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 the script writer, uh, the graphic designer, Simon, mm -hmm. the script writer is Nicola Pleskov, and the producer is Amory Bobis. So the three of them, plus me, we just like talked a lot and of course discussed the, 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 the film. But then once we had the final draft, uh, I had to put all of the writings in English, mm -hmm. so um, I just... Yeah, I took a lot of time uh, working on the, the, the storyboard part because I felt like exactly what you just said and I'm so glad you're <laughs> you said it <laughs> and that you can feel it through like the, the moving images because I didn't want it to have like this huge uh, camera movement or this huge uh, dancing parts just because I wanted to like... Uh, kick people in the face and mm -hmm. be like, boom, it's like technical and stuff. I, I just felt like, okay, this story needs a setup and this story needs 
some ways to, to, to tell it. So, um, yeah, I've been sitting like this, <laughs> like looking in mm. the like nowhere, and uh, just yeah, I tried to find the right flow, but um, yeah, 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 it's awesome. I mean, when you watch it now, I mean, you've watched it over and over again. I, I know probably it gets just know being on the circuit sometimes you get numb to your own work but uh, both in terms of the film itself but the experience overall what was your big takeaway like you you talked about as a dancer and as an artist that there's this constant growth and flow almost that you, yeah. you kind of naturally keep adding like you learn one thing and then so what do you feel like through making this film was that kind of big thing that you really feel like you grew through making this film Wow, that's a very good question. Um, maybe it, it it might be two aspects. One, the first one would be um, I'm I'm really like self-doubting. I really doubt about what I do often, like at every each steps. And with this one, I really felt like okay, I pushed a lot. Um, as, as I said I, I, I was really asking uh, a lot from the writers at the very beginning just before I I entered the writing part myself but I felt like okay this is the right way to tell the story and now that the film is done and that, that I'm past the stress mm -hmm. and you know the like I, I really felt like Maybe people are just gonna just dislike the film because they wouldn't get what I, what I was trying to, to do with it. <laughs> and uh, now I feel like maybe I maybe it's a time where I could try <laughs> to just have more uh, just to be more confident confident about what I would do. Um, for example, we were talking about the color. I just felt like okay, maybe it wouldn't work because we didn't. Uh, had enough budget to test mm. and to just have tryouts of the coloring, the movement cameras. So we just had to go again with the flow, and um, I felt like, okay, no, this is gonna work. Uh, I was kind of sure that it would work. Mm -hmm. uh, so I, I felt like, okay, yeah, maybe I was right, and uh, I should just sometimes um, know more that, uh, okay, I can. Uh, follow the gut feeling kind mm -hmm. of. trust yourself yeah. yeah so that's one of the good thing and the other one uh, might be the you know the meeting with the team like every aspect of it but then uh, really with Simon it was a good way for me to just get out of the comfort zone because my uh, student film was really was more bold, I think, but then I had the first like real short film going through the whole like uh, production, real path, and everything. So mm -hmm. I was more into okay, I don't, I don't have to fail. I have to meet the audience where it's at. I have to make something really clean and really perfect in a way. Mm -hmm. And now with this one, I really felt free. Maybe because I wasn't uh, like it wasn't my graphic design in the first place, so I wasn't 
I didn't really care too much about how it would end up. Mm -hmm. So I was more... I wouldn't say I was an observer, but I felt more distant in a way. Mm -hmm. So I think now uh, I'd be able just to don't think too much and don't, uh, you know, get involved too much. Mm -hmm. So um, not in a way that you would just do it like this and not even think about what you're doing, but just, uh, again, go with the flow and try to to be confident and to... Uh, give some room for the magic, like mm -hmm. the magic of the moment, the magic of the person you would find for this very like task. Mm -hmm. This animator that would bring some really good energy, this colorist that would, you know, reveal some stuff from the, the film because at each, I mean, you, you sure guys know this, but at each step the film changes mm -hmm. from what you, 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 you thought in the first place. So mm -hmm. just maybe put more trust in this moment, mm -hmm. I'd say. Cool. That's yeah. amazing. Yeah. I'm curious about like the research process since it's such a specific time and place and like the musicians. Um, I, you, I, just, I just found this out too just by talking to you about this was actually an event that happened, right? This yeah. like a rivalry. And, yeah. Um, I'm curious about just like you know, I guess uh, the dialogue and how much stuff your impact was to kind of get in there and kind of make this feel like the perfect amount of like uh, authenticity yeah. as to the work because it, it felt like believable when you when you watch it. And, like, oh, cool! How they're acting and kind of like I love the whole like argument where it did feel like this like boxing match in a way they're kind of both in <laughs> their own rings getting ready for like this music <laughs> battle. But I don't, yeah, if you could talk a little bit about just like kind of uh, I guess get that character to come through on screen um, and like okay. what you had to do to kind of get to that get to that point yeah um, I'd say that first it would be you know I mentioned that the fact that I was kind of an outcast and mm -hmm. um, I'm still I think I'm still this person which is uh, hard sometimes because when you dance and you do films you have to be in public anyway mm -hmm. Uh, but it, in other, yeah, in other moment, it just helps me to. I'd say I'm. I'm not sure. I'm trying to auto-analyze <laughs> myself in this part, mm -hmm. but uh, I've been really scared about um, whether it would be my place or not to do this mm -hmm. film. Sure. Because um, mm -hmm. the first, the, the the very first thing I felt was again like okay, making a film about James Brown, uh, everybody knows him. Mm -hmm. So uh, it's either you you in the very tiny right uh, spot or you're, you're just going to be uh, around the, the touch, can I say? Yeah. Mm -hmm. okay. So I felt like, okay, it's, uh, I, I can't do it. And mm -hmm. plus, I'm not like American, so I don't really uh, know like the experience of being a black American. Mm -hmm. And I was really um, not obsessed, but uh, I really, I mean, I really care about this uh, subject and this matter because everybody uh, today doesn't really connect and feel that there is 
it exists like cultural appropriation or mm-hmm. these types of matter. Mm-hmm. But I really feel like it's something impor- important that we should like talk about. But at the same time, um, I felt like, okay, I'm a French guy. I don't know nothing about, I mean, I, it's not that I don't know nothing about because I've been like in hip hop culture since uh, late 90s. So I've been reading to it, like spending time with OGs of this period, even in here mm-hmm. or New York or, you know. So um, I felt like if they asked me to do this project, I might be the person that would try at least to do something authentic. But in a way, I felt like, okay, I'm taking the room for one black American to do this film. So I was really, like, I didn't, I didn't know if I should. But then when we talked, I just realized that if I withdraw from, like, the team, they would just go and find someone else in France to do it. Mm-hmm. So I had, and, and it's, I mean, I'm not judging anybody in mm-hmm. what I'm saying this. It's cool because they already spent money writing, so they just wanted to have this project done which is, uh, I actually understand, so I felt like, okay, uh, it was kind of an ego thing, like, okay, no, I think I should be the one doing it, uh, because I, I might be uh, the one closer from, uh, you know, this idea of soul music and, mm. I mean, actually what I uh, project to it anyway. So, uh, so yeah, I just started back in 2014 to read, uh, listen and look for like every biography of every, not every, but most of the soul singer Mm -hmm. that I actually was used to listen at home. So I went through um, Nina Simone, Otis Redding, Sam Cooke, uh, of course James Brown, Solomon Burke, but even before uh, Billie Holiday and uh, you know, so I, I just I think I've been learning from like the 30s to the 80s, mm-hmm. uh, just to have a better understanding of, of where it comes from and where it goes and where we are we are now. Mm-hmm. So I just could, uh, yeah, I just realized that uh, with the Jim Crow uh, area, a lot of stuffs uh, were going on here in the U.S. but then affected. Uh, Africa and Europe in a huge way, which I wasn't really uh, conscious at that mm-hmm. time. For example, like the, the, the fact that uh, Malcolm X was traveling to meet, uh, uh, like, the, the, do, do you use Berlinage, the, the world, like, um, traveling to Mecca mm-hmm. um, to learn more about Koran and these types of things, and he discovered. Like, I mean, I'm not gonna <laughs> talk too much about history now, but uh, I just understood how, like, uh, the, 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 the like the, the fight they had here in America, um, connected through the fight, the, the fight they had in North uh, Africa, and the fight that uh, we French had in the '60s in in France and Europe. So I was like, oh, cool. A lot of stuff that we we have we received in France um, uh, back when I was young just comes from all those movements and uh, so yeah I just for 
even now I'm still like learning and uh, for four years I think I've been digging and understood uh, like what, what was some of the issues, some of the problems and uh, I couldn't sum up uh, like to do a 15 minute short uh, mm-hmm. and just have all this uh, in the film but um, I felt like it was really important so that was a way like a, a historical path and then there were the words and the way the people moved uh, they expressed mm-hmm. themselves so I watched a lot of videos from back in the 60s yeah. um, I've, talked, I've talked a lot with um, the um, uh, translator that uh, worked with us on the script mm-hmm. and uh, it was really cool because she felt like we were already like in a square place where uh, we for example weren't using like uh, uh, wrong, wrong words or mm-hmm. insults or you know so uh, yeah it was cool it was just sharing and trying to find the right person to give us uh, the right idea of how they would talk and mm-hmm. how you know but I felt uh, I really felt already connected with all this throughout sure. again my use the dense culture and uh, yeah uh, so yeah I mean it's it, it, I, as you talk more and more about it I, I feel like one thing that you really have is great respect for the subject matter but also the people you're working with and there is this kind of distance I feel between you and some of the material in a way that is enough distance to provide kind of an objective view of it but but I also feel like there's a core in like what you believe and what you've seen and what you've read about that it's it's coming through in all the little pieces of it in a way. Um, so it all really, I mean, the more you talk about it, the more I, I really feel like it all really comes together to me. Like how how much uh, how much work and how much not work, but just how much effort needs to go into making something like this. You know, it's not like. There's something fresh about it that it feels like, oh my gosh, one day, did you just sit down and start <laughs> right? But then, it as you feel like right? that when you watch like it, yeah. <laughs> but in talking to you, it totally makes sense that there is this rich history there, that there is this like understanding. But I think above all else, there's kind of a respect there. I noticed at the end of the film, you dedicated the film to Sharon Jones. Yeah. Can you talk about that a little bit, yeah, yeah, where sure. that comes from? And so uh, again, it's linked with the previous question, because... Um, Talking with how uh, to make it more authentic, I went to find like uh, black comedians, uh, American black comedians. Mm-hmm. Uh, so um, we had the chance to work with Lee Fields, who is a famous soul singer based in New York. So um, yeah, he was really really related to Dab Tones and Sharon Jones and all those uh, New Yorkers like singers. Um, but at that time, uh, I didn't know that it would be possible to have him on the film. And uh, we were really pushed by like the delay, the deadlines and everything. So we really needed to have the voice quick and the voices quick and uh, start the animation quick. So I had this casting in Paris looking for black Americans and <laughs> uh, uh, comedians. Uh, we just led nowhere actually because I found like good comedians. There were 
yeah, pretty good, mm -hmm. but it didn't fit in, and uh, that was the crazy part because it was just my first uh, film with like talking images, so I didn't really know how to go through it, and I wasn't again feeling very confident by saying, okay, no, that's not, you know, the way I want it. So uh, we actually record them and we realized that it wasn't working at all. I myself had to do a voice of Danny Ray <laughs> because I couldn't find a Danny Ray that would... Because I, I, um, in the animatic, I just, you know, to have fun with all the voices, just to have the, the, the bass and everything. So people were like, oh, so cool. So uh, you, you might be able to do a voice and everything. I was changing the, the, the tone. I was like, oh, so cool. I was like, no, I don't <laughs> think it's gonna work. But then we didn't have time, and so I just said, okay, I'm gonna try to do it, and I did it. We just listened to the, to the, the, the yeah, the recording, and uh, now everything was so, so not what I, it wasn't that bad. I mean, it was just out of what I wanted to sure, to, yeah. to do. So um, actually, my producer were really uh, understanding because he felt exactly the same, but he didn't know how to tell him <laughs> to tell me. Yeah. So uh, <laughs> I either didn't know how to tell him. So right. <laughs> cool. <laughs> Told me, and I was like, oh yeah, we're gonna do it again. Cool. <laughs> so um, I went back and asked him. Okay, so now we have to go back and ask to Lee Fields. So because we really need to have a James Brown that's, that's cool. authentic. Yeah, and, mm -hmm. uh, yeah. So um, we we asked again, and uh, they came back to us saying, okay, so we're just gonna find a way and where and uh, which money involved and everything. Mm -hmm. uh, so yeah, he, he finally said yes. Yeah. And I met him in a concert uh, in Grenoble, which is like near Lyon, where I live. And uh, we talked uh, like about one hour or something. He talked, I was listening. <laughs> and he was like the sweetest guy. And uh, we were drinking drinking this like plant alcohol. With him. It was like the craziest moment of the, the production. Like, uh, what are we doing? I wish we had like photos. Of, yeah, no kidding. So was, yeah. <laughs> but... Then it was the first meeting and I, I, I was just, I was waiting because we didn't sign any contract and it was really like uh, involved but distant in a way so um, I was scared and at the same time we had the music going on so we were really wow. looking for the rights to clear which we couldn't. It was impossible. We had to go through lawyers, through everybody. It was really impossible. Mm -hmm. So we thought that we could ask uh, Sharon Jones and the Dap Kings to create like a, an original soundtrack. Um, so they were interesting, like uh, interested. Sorry, um, I, I felt like okay, they're not gonna answer anyway. But they actually said, yeah, why not? Oh, cool. But then. <clears throat> That was the time where Sharon Jones was like going in the mainstream because she was really having like this turn on his career and like everything was supposed to be yeah. exploding and right. uh, yeah. So uh, they said no. Okay, we're gonna just focus on her career and we won't like take any uh, side projects. 
So we were kind of disappointed because I really felt like working with her. I mean, obviously. But then um, I'd say maybe one year after this, we get the clearance for the the, the, the rights to use James Brown and uh, Marvin Gaye, the, the last wow. track. So um, yeah, it was pretty cool. But then, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but then she we uh, learned that she passed. Mm -hmm. So um, so it was really like always again a pretty weird flow of events mm -hmm. that just lead us to yeah this point where we worked with the fields and we asked him about Sharon and uh, yeah he was really moved about it and so we decided to just ask him if he wanted to just. You know, dedicate the, the movie mm. to her, which we were all like we we all agreed to just give him the space to do it. So yeah, um, yeah. But then we learned like during the production that Charles Bradley passed it as well, mm -hmm. which is one of the uh, other artists from that time. Mm -hmm. mm -hmm. So it's yeah, it's pretty like you know you're working on. It's kind of historical moments where you have like Lee Fields in the project that met James Brown and Solomon Burke in real life, but those two are already dead. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, he's been working with all those amazing musicians, and he's like the last kind of uh, memory of what was going on in the 60s. So it's pretty moving, and at the same time, it was. Uh, like the only thing that the film needed to be this authentic mm -hmm. because even in the set it felt like James Brown somehow was you know yeah. <laughs> <laughs> coming from the clouds and just uh, yeah giving him the strength to just do stuff yeah. with his voice and uh, it was even from you know from this uh, very angle I just feel like if all the steps, like animation, like recording animation, drawings or whatever, are good and you just have a good relationship with the team, then if the films, I think it, it's going to flow uh, with the film mm -hmm. and you're going to feel it at the end. But if nobody feels it and, and I'm the only one, then fine because I had a lot of mm -hmm. fun doing it and very, in a very emotional way. Mm -hmm. So, uh, so yeah. Incredible. Um, one last question I have is: uh, I know it's it's you're on the festival circuit, traveling with the film right yeah. now. But any plans for what's next or what the future looks like? Uh, yeah, future I don't know. <laughs> Even though now being here with you guys and uh, yesterday and the day before, I mean, yeah, all this uh, energy that you're giving me feels really, really. Uh, good and yeah, I mean, thank you for just yeah, doing me the opportunity to, to do that. And I feel like it's gonna just that uh, uh, ripple, yes, yeah, mm -hmm. uh, somewhere I don't know where, but I feel like this that's the future vibe that I'm giving, I think. And work wise, uh, I'm trying to write now, so I've already gathered some ideas. But it seems like it's 
a lot of ideas. <laughs> so it might be a lot longer. I don't know, but I'm yeah, I'm trying to write some, something now. Awesome. And I wish a script or yeah, 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 yeah. yeah for 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 a film. So for um, a short film. I'd say it's gonna be a feature. Yeah. Ooh, cool. I mean, it's gonna be. I don't know why. I've been listening to um, uh, Jordan Peele talking about the writing of Get Out. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And he said something that really resonates to how I kind of feel with my heart in a general way. He said that he didn't feel like uh, Get Out would be a good like script to go on the big screen and to make uh, like views or with the audience and everything. So he felt like pushing the writing as far as he could and do the best film he had with this film, with this mm -hmm. product, even though he wouldn't be able to, to make it uh, like on the screen mm -hmm. at the end. So I was like, yeah, that's, <laughs> that's what we should do like all the time, you know, <laughs> pushing everything yeah. as far as we can and then just wait for it. You know, mm. to happen or not, it's not like the purpose. So that's, I guess, my inspiration of the day. I'm just trying to make the most of what I have. Yeah. And if it's gonna be something or not, I don't really know. But I'm, I'm trying to write something. Yeah. That's awesome. Very cool. Well, thank you so much. Well, um, thank you. <laughs> it's really cool. Um, yeah. Is there anything else? I mean, it's more of like artist questions. <laughs> I yeah. think of like, I didn't realize like all the markers were done by hand. I'm okay. curious, did you have a specific brand that you had? Oh, like, man. Like a marker? Just like the ones that have a sandwich. No, it was actually yeah. the cheapest brand. And it's funny because um, we had like two weeks to do it. And, two weeks? Uh, yeah, two weeks, but there were six. Uh, colorist doing it uh -huh. and we had I had two interns uh, doing like a bunch of different stuff but they were also coloring so they were doing like the keep alive stuff where the frames that were held still but then coloring the frames that we had that. Uh, we actually just print out the, the animation uh -huh. uh, with the low like uh, opacity opaci I see yeah. uh -huh. so they, ju they just you know it was kind of like the type of things you would give to a kid just the sure. color, you know. Yeah. And so we just had a few references made by again Simon. Mm -hmm. Um and yeah, to just it was a crazy two weeks because at the beginning they were like, um, what should I put here in this very window? And I was like, um whatever fits, you know? <laughs> I Actually, I don't have a clue. Yeah, yeah. She was like, yeah, but me neither, so what should I do? I was like, I don't know. And I actually think you should just, yeah, don't give a fuck and just yeah. do it. Yeah. So it was, it was crazy. First week, they were all like completely lost because they just had so much power, kind of, you yeah. know? They felt like they could just ruin the scene in one uh, like row of crayons. So it was like, no, just, you know, have have a confidence and trust in what you're sure. doing and uh, it was so cool because we shared a lot like yeah. I, I just gave them the scenes and I was like okay yeah, maybe blue I don't know just do something <laughs> yeah and uh, of course we had references and stuff but mm. they were really scared and mm. uh, yeah it was all on paper yeah cheapest markers do you think that's like the cheapest markers though it could be like 
sometimes the good ones, you know, you, you, it's almost like too smooth, yeah. <laughs> you know, or it's like you can't tell it's a marker. Yeah, so exactly. You might even need like, and the cheapest ones, you get that texture. Yeah, exactly. You're trying to like get the last bit of ink out, but it gets that that texture. And you're like, I yeah. like that look, <laughs> you know, where it's just almost dried out. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. yeah. Uh, Plus, if you use like the best, uh, like the best everything, the best paper, the best tool, yeah. you feel like very uncomfortable. Like, yeah. oh, I'm gonna ruin the paper. Yeah, so precious. Yeah. So yeah. yeah. so. I buy pens that are like really fancy, but then I end up like not using it because yeah. like I don't want the ink to run out. <laughs> and yeah. so I use like the crappy ones, like the ballpoint, like yeah. the stupid pens you buy. Like, yeah. Well, one time we went drawing and Chris had this pencil, like when, you know when you're a kid, I don't know if you had this, but it's a pencil, but it has all the different colored leads. Like it's all in one and yeah. it's just, you can't really control the color. It yeah. just kind of comes yeah. out. Yeah. Uh-huh. I'm like, that's like a 99 cent pencil. <laughs> and to, I mean, you can see here at our studio, we've got a box yeah. of crayons. I know. Yeah. But the funny thing was, I get questions all the time about the, the shitty materials. They're like, how'd you get that look? And I'm like, it's like a 99 cent man at the kid's store. But it's, that's amazing. So two weeks, the whole, all the coloring happened in like two yeah. weeks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's intense. Mm-hmm. Everyone must have been super high on the fumes yeah. of markers. Just, yeah. That, that's funny because actually, <laughs> uh, the, 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 um, like the cheapest one weren't like with alcohol in it. Oh, so it's like it was toxic. Like, yeah, oh, so so cool. Cool. Oh, that's cool. But with the grays, they, they, they weren't really much grays in the boxes mm-hmm. of uh, cheapest crayons. So I had to, to buy, like, I was during those two weeks, I was just riding my bikes all over like <laughs> well, I have to get this close of crayons and then here and there and um, I just with the grey I had to buy those fancy stuff mm-hmm. but it was alcohol so yeah, um, so people were getting yeah, yeah. They, they got a bit like <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, I love the jab yeah. <laughs> yeah but it was two weeks and it was pretty wow. intense but that's pretty cool at the same time yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah I mean those they were all like Girls from the studio Folimage, which mm-hmm. is one of the oldest studio in France, a traditional studio. So they've been doing end coloring for like many, many times. Uh, they were there since the, the the first feature film, I guess. Oh my god! Yeah. And uh, yeah, they're really good. I mean, they did Cat in Paris. Is that the same company, or am I thinking? Um, is it the same company? Is that Cat, Cat in Paris? I can't um, remember. Because they have the, the, the name of the. Um, Oh, sorry, they, they did like Phantom Boy? Yeah, Phantom Phantom Boy. Yeah, yeah, which is also, I think it's the same. Yeah, I think I'm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm yeah, yeah, yeah. guessing this is a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> but the same thing, it's like their background, they had like um, uh, a, not like a similar, but like they had, it's had that more of a handmade yeah, quality yeah, or yeah. a frame. And like, yeah, it feels like nice. handcrafted. Animation on paper. Yeah, and yeah. Uh-huh. And it just looks like you could just see like the amount of work that goes into yeah, their films. Yeah. Congratulations, it's really something else. Yeah, I can't wait to I feel like Dice and I, especially when he's away, like we always have this thing that we want to share something. Oh, you haven't seen this yet? (laughs) (laughs) Definitely, I've got like, yeah, when he comes back tomorrow. So glad to be part of your sharing. Very cool though. Thank you so much, really, for coming to the studio. I know everyone's kind of buzzing about it, um, so they're really excited. Yeah. Oh, cool. Yeah. Great. Thank you guys. Thanks for sitting through. Sorry. Uh, yeah, you should yeah, go for it. Thank you for being Yeah. Thank you. Yeah.
Yeah, hanging out with a bunch of animation, <laughs> animation nerds. Yeah, yeah. Um, very cool. 